Monday's episode it was something that we grew, so I don't feel obliged to make sure that the whole week is things that we don't grow. Gotcha. So it's, I, I'm not going to yeah. let you know for sure until I give you a clue. Oh, okay. But, but originally I was going to do a whole week of things that we didn't if, grow. If we don't grow it, I typically uh, – I shouldn't say I typically, but I, I, the chances of me getting it are significantly reduced. It's harder so. to narrow it down. What do you think we grow? Well, like what's our product mix? Oh, 500? 500? No, not quite. It's probably – 400? 350 different species. All right. So it's either one of 350 or one of that. Yeah, 16,000 across the I think there's like 2,000 some or over 2,000 plants that are native in New Jersey. Yeah. So, so yeah. Is, and we're doing the good, whole country. Yeah, which is a good sign for our uh, – this is lasting a long, long time. we got a lot of material to cover. <laughs> That's true. So, All right. Are you ready for your five clues? I am ready. All right. It is a deciduous shrub mm-hmm. with oval leaves with prominent veins that gently curl tr- uh, that gently curl tracing shape of the leaf margin. Okay. It gets six to ten foot tall and it's a facultative wet species. Okay. It is native to most of the continental US except south central to southeast states. Hmm. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, and oh, this is going to give it away. That's I that's, have an, that's, a plant in mind, but it's the, the last clue kind of. See, I gave you out. more. Like two of those really gave you more. Like I mm-hmm. gave you the size and the wetland indicator status, and I told you it was a shrub, and I gave you the leaf shape. But you already did it, so you can't take it back <laughs> and count it as two clues now. All right. Um, oh. I'm trying to figure something that won't clearly give it away. Um, uh, the fruit is a globose white berry. Oh, crap. That's five to nine millimeters in diameter. Okay. I, I have another idea now, but the, I, the uh, original right. plan I thought is not that. All right. Okay. And I'll give you one more. Opposite The opposite green leaves turn red and purple in the fall. All right, All right, I'm going to go with Cornus Amumum. Oh. Very close. <laughs> you know what? Very close, though. I always mix up which one has white berries. Uh, Cornus cerisia, which is there red, is. red twig dog. Yep. Okay, and that would make sense why I got it wrong. <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. All right, I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And today's native plant is Cornicericea, which is red twig dogwood or red osier dogwood, uh, either or. So uh, you're pretty close. You're Cornus. Yeah, and it's like I said, I always mix up. I know a lot of the Cornuses have different color berries, and I always forget which ones have which color berries, <laughs> I guess, which is my excuse for getting it wrong. But so, but that's why I, when you said white berries, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's corn as a moment. And then I'm like, ah, is it really? Or does that have a different well, color berry? The, the next two clues I was going to give you, which would have completely given this away, was the young stems are smooth and bright red to reddish mm-hmm. purple. Yeah. And the older stems are dull red to grayish green. And then the other clue was... And to get the best red color, because young shoots are red, mm-hmm. you can cut it back cut back the stems yeah, to get yeah. new shoots, which you can cut this plant like 12 inches from the base mm-hmm. and it, it shoots back up. Like it has the good, strong root system. It, it takes pruning really well. You can cut it back and it 
like probably like March, I'd say, and it's going to shoot right back up. Yeah, and that's one of the things that people outside of the native plant sphere know this plant for is those red stems because yeah. they're really prominent in, uh, I guess, floral design is the yeah. the, the uh, career that people would use those. Well, we used them just recently in mm-hmm. making uh, Christmas uh, centerpieces. Yeah, Christmas centerpieces, and uh, like I've seen them in, in hotel lobbies as just like a, a wintertime arrangement. Um, really, really beautiful stem, and... By cutting that stem, it doesn't necessarily hurt the plant. No, so no, not at all. And uh, I guess in a lot of cases, they're getting cut through through animals or those kind of things. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Why don't we start with how do uh, how does wildlife use this plant? Okay, so um, although it's it's not desired, it's not you know the berries of the, the red twig dogwood probably aren't the most desirable berry mm-hmm. in the native forest. Uh, but they persist through the winter, so they provide good food when the other fruits are gone. Kind of like chokeberry, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. where it's not the favorite, but it, it will last. Uh, bears, ducks, and trout uh, mm. also eat the berries along with many songbirds, uh, which are the primary agent for seed dispersal. Mm-hmm. So red twig dogwood being a facultative wet, it is yeah. like a um, – Oh, what's the the phrase I'm looking for? Like a a, a stream bank mm-hmm. plant, you yep. can find it right along the stream. So I would guess the berries fall in and the stream. Was, and yeah. that was what actually was going to ask and kind of lead into is tell us a little bit more about where it grows. But finish up with the wildlife. Sure. First. So mice, voles, and other rodents uh, will eat the bark and berry. Like voles, kind of right at the base, will will chew right around the bark. Uh, beavers use it for food and to build dams and lodges. So it's it's very popular. As far as animal use. Yeah. And so you mentioned, uh, like I said before, you mentioned trout. You mentioned beavers, also a water-loving creature. Tell us a bit about where this plant likes to grow. So it is facultative wet, and it can take very saturated conditions. So if you have it on a stream bank and it's in a floodplain, it's going to survive there beautifully. But it can also take surprisingly drier conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to be – it doesn't have to be saturated. I, I've had it in my garden. Mm-hmm. I've actually had a, a in, in my old house at one point a cultivar called Ivory Halo, which mm-hmm. was a variegated leaf uh, form. It had like a white yeah. margin, um, and that wasn't that was high and dry, mm-hmm. and that thing was thriving. You know, and part yeah. of it is when I say thriving, it, it's a fast growing plant. It, it will grow up to two feet a year. Um, but the plant also spreads by root suckers and stolons. So, mm-hmm. like, it's I don't know if it's the same plant or a different botanical, but cornistolonifera. Mm-hmm. So, stolons are um, the, when the branches run along the, the, the ground line and then it will actually root from the branches right into the mm-hmm. ground. Yep. Um, so, it's stoloniferous, but it also makes a great live state. So, that's a 50 point word in, <laughs> in Scrabble. Stoloniferous. Uh, but it also makes a great live stake. So you can cut that branch, put that branch right into the ground, and it will root uh, because it is stolen it for us. So it makes a great live stake if you're doing uh, bioengineering, stream bank restoration. Um, it's a great plant for soil sto- uh, stabilization because it does spread spread by root suckers. So great plant for that. Yeah. Now, I would imagine it's a short-lived plant because it's, it's – uh grow so fast actually surprisingly uh 30 to 80 years wow. is the average lifespan it's an early successional plant but it is pretty long-lived so yeah. Oh, yeah. um i don't really you know a lot of times when you hear early successional i don't necessarily put long-lived i'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's not normal but i typically 
tend to think it's shorter lived, but yeah. it's but uh we we see it quite often in the woods around here mm-hmm. as well. And I'm thinking about places I've I've seen it quite a bit and it's seems to be like that next successional meadow where it was an old farm field and then it went through yeah. its its goldenrod and and Andrew Pogan yeah. phase and now it's you have some woodies coming up. I see it there a lot. Now yeah. I'm thinking about it. There's a couple places that just pop into my mind where you just have fields of of uh the dogwoods out there. But uh, also <coughs> in areas where I would see that they would get mowed uh, I don't want to say often, but every couple of years they'd come back and mow yeah. and it would hinder all that other woody tree growth um, or some of the later successional shrubs and trees. But this plant could rebound pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it, it, it does really well. And it does, I, it's not the plant when you think of the berries and you're like, it's not the most desirable. And we, we noticed already how many things use it. It's actually also an important shrub for browsing like deer like to browse this elk moose mountain goats rabbits and it can take the browsing that's the beautiful thing like this is something that's going to get eaten down Mm -hmm. but because it has a a, like a woody root system that's that's branching and shallow and it spreads by rhizomes you know and most wetland things have shallow root systems when you put them in drier areas they tend to get Mm -hmm. but they're getting Eaten back by deer, which gives you better color, <laughs> and yep. they rebound nicely, which is kind of nice. So it's it's very resilient. It helps a lot of wildlife in a lot of different ways, and it's not hurting the plant. A lot of the times they'll eat it down, and it's just gone. But this is yep. very resilient that way. Now, I'm, I'm since it has a berry, it has yep. to have a flower. Yes. And so, what does the flower look like? And then with flowers, you often think of pollinators. Is it yep. something that's it's like open pollinator? Uh, so it it is. Monoecious. Mm-hmm. So uh, one plant has male and female uh, parts. Uh, it's it's a tiny, fragrant white flower, not overly fragrant, like slightly fragrant uh, white flowers that are in a flat flat top cluster, like a lot of like cornisomum and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, blooming late spring, all the way through like June, you'll mm-hmm. get a good bloom. Um, but it's pollinated by a specialist pollinator. Which isn't hmm. what I was expecting when I started doing my research. So the short-tongued bee uh, is the specialist, but it's also aided by wind, butterflies, and birds. So hmm. it's it's a lot of things pollinating yeah. this plant. Very so cool. it, yeah, it's um it's pretty interesting. Um, and the berry, it's it's neither poisonous. Like, and when things aren't desirable, you start to wonder: is it poisonous? Mm-hmm. So it's it's not poisonous, but it's not tasty okay. <laughs> either. Um, and it can cause vomiting and sim- symptoms of toxicity when consumed in large quantities. Okay. That kind of makes it sound like it's poisonous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. maybe just in high doses. But it's, you know, it's funny. It's, it does have some issues. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, it can be susceptible to leaf and twig blight. Uh, it can get canker, leaf spots, scale, leaf miners, bagworms, you know, like all the typical normal threats in this area but part of that is it it likes full sun but if you want the best color it's part shade and anytime it's susceptible to things and it's like a full sun or part shade you tend that it gets these issues when Mm -hmm. it's not in its optimal if it likes to be in part shade and you put it in full sun that's when you start getting the canker the Mm -hmm. the leaf miners and things like that very cool So. so we like to always start to tie things up by asking what what does the name mean? So the genus name Cornus 
which I didn't know this, means horn in Latin and refers to the hardiness of the wood. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Latin-specific epithet, uh, which is the the species, the species name, mm-hmm. um, means silky, referring to the mm-hmm. textures of the leaves, which is funny. So you think, well, there's a silky dogwood. Yeah. <laughs> But that maybe one, this that, one was named the first. The Latin name for that one is means extra silky. Yeah. And this one's just regular silky. But yeah. it, it does – you know, we talked about how vigorous it is and how fast this rebounds and that it spreads by colonies. Another great use that it has, it does provide cover and nesting habitat for a lot of small mammals mm-hmm. and birds. So um, like it provides mule deer fawning areas mm-hmm. um, and it's just a great habitat. So it's – I mean, it's amazing just how many uses, and that's just mm-hmm. wildlife uses. We yeah. haven't gotten oh, yeah. into man-made use, uh, uses. Um, so what are some of those man-made uses? Well, that's part of your quiz. Okay. <laughs> All right. But the last the last clue that we had um, was it's the larval host for the spring azure butterfly. So it, it <laughs> is a larval host also. So Very it is cool. providing to the food web. It has multiple uses. Great, great plant. So are you ready for your quiz? I am ready. This one was tough. I actually have a lot. Actually, I'm going to – I have too many clues, so I have to give you one more clue or one more fact so that it doesn't doesn't tie in or or take away. So I will throw this one at you. Red osier, the common name Mm. red osier. Is derived from a French word used to describe long shoots used for basket making and wicker. That is something I actually knew because you had uh, my line to fold the paper, so I didn't see any clues <laughs> below that. I <laughs> below changed that. I forgot. Clues. I changed it. All right, so I'm going to give you five clues, five facts, one of which really isn't a fact, mm-hmm. and your job is to figure out which fact I'm lying about. All right. All right. Are you ready? Yep. The strong Y-shaped crotches of branches are useful as slingshots, cooking racks, and kettle hangers. Okay. Stems have been used in arrow making, especially by the Lenape Indian. Okay. Many tribes mixed dried green inner bark with tobacco to make smoking mixtures. It can be slightly narcotic or sleep-inducing. All right. That's interesting. Uh, stems are used as skewers and frames for racks to dry berries and salmon and imparts a nice flavor to the food. Mm-hmm. And inner bark has mild aspirin-like effects boiled for use as a pain-relieving poultice treating sores and swelling. All right. So one of those I made up. Well, can you repeat the first clue again? Uh, I'm trying to see. The strong Y-shaped crotches of branches are useful as slingshots, cooking racks, and kettle hangers. And then can you repeat the second clue as well? Those are my two. Stems have been used in arrow making, especially by the Lenape Indian. I'm going to – I'm going to – crap. I'm going to say your second clue is the the one you made up. You got – Wow. I why, can't why, seem yeah, to stump it, you on if this. If it's known across the country, why would it just be the Lenny Lenape that you <laughs> why would, And then you have Arrowwood Viburnum, which – Well, I said especially <laughs> by the, the Lenape. I didn't so, just say only. Like I was just yeah. saying – The were, first one though, I was like, I don't know if it gets big enough to like, and strong enough to use a slingshot. Apparently it does, I yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I just thought that it can be slightly narcotic or sleep-inducing if smoked. Mm-hmm. 
with tobacco. Yeah, that's, we might have to try that out. <laughs> so, but here is the biggest question yes. of the, would you put this in your yard? I would, you know, I've had it in my yard. Um, I, I, again, I, I said I had the cultivar, but straight species, totally. You just have to have a good area because it is going to spread like what starts off as a small clump, like what I had planted a three gallon plant, which is about 12 inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And within five years, it was a three foot clump. Wow. Like yeah. wide. Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty big and, and wants to really spread. It was in good conditions and it was happy. And I could see where it was providing good cover and good nesting habitat and all those fantastic things. So if you have the right spot, yeah, I would totally put it in. And in the winter, it gives you that great red color, even though it's deciduous. And I think it has a lot of good, a lot of good uh, uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For that. How See, about you? Would I, you? I hold a grudge against this plant because this plant almost got me arrested. So. <laughs> All right. I got to hear this story. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was actually collecting um, some cuttings for the nursery. This was over a decade ago. And there was a, a little, I wouldn't even call it a median, but it was two roads came together into a, a point. Yeah. And then there was actually a little cut there. So there's this little triangle, maybe 40 yards long by 10, 10 to 20 yards wide, but it was full of Redwig dogwood and I went in there and I was collecting cuttings and um I was just about done and I'm looking across and there's a house across the street and I see a guy standing in his like garage just on the edge of his garage and I can tell he's on his cell phone and he's looking my direction <laughs> I'm like, I bet I you he's on the is. phone with with the, with the police <laughs> so I just like packed up all my stuff got in the car started the car and pulled away and I made it 30 feet down the street and here comes a, a county sheriff turned the other way and he pulled up right where I was and was looking around but I he didn't see me stop there so he didn't oh. know it was me to come come gotcha. after but uh, I'm like and I I thought I had permission to be there I wasn't the one who got permission but I was told I had permission to be there oh so okay. they, I was I was this is like I said I was early 20s and I was told oh yeah you can go collect from there and uh by my dad, of all people. Uh, <laughs> so, well, so yeah, our, I don't know if I actually have to, permission or not. To our but, listeners, because these roots so well, so, and if you know someone that has a plant, yeah. you can take cuttings and throw them in the soil, and they're going to root. Just make sure you have permission. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Direct permission yeah. before you do it. it. It makes a great – you know, I was thinking it makes a great sub for – you know, a lot of people see Japanese knotweed, mm-hmm. and it's – especially when it's in bloom and it's forming these dense colonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is kind of – I've had people going, oh, what's this flower? I'm noticing on the side of the room. We're like, that's bad. You don't yep. want that. Yeah. This will give you the same effect, but you'll get the nice uh, winter color. Again, you're contributing to the food web. So many mm-hmm. things love this plant. Yeah. And if you put it in, you're going to get flowers. You're going to get the nice green leaves. You're going to get three three great seasons of color mm-hmm. plus the berries yeah. and all the wildlife. So, yeah, if it boiled down, would I put it in my yard? Not my yard now. Okay. I just don't have a, spa- a spot. But I have considered putting it in my yard before. So, yeah, oh. I, I wouldn't be hesitant to use it all. It's awesome. especially on, like, if you have a stream or something like that, oh, that's it would work out great. Awesome, so, awesome. Yeah. Well, there you have it, and we we went pretty long this time. We're almost at twenty minutes, okay. so we're gonna we're gonna go. Thank you for joining us. Tomorrow is Friday, so make sure you listen to the new episode of Native Plants Healthy Planet. And until then, we'll see you next week. Keep it native. Thank you for listening to a Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran.
Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.